All right. Yeah. Well. Um. Yep. We're in it. We are. Yeah. No. Uh. We need we're to swimming. repeat what we said last time. It's the Sparecast episode. Seventeen. Yeah, I believe. Fuck. We got to Seventeen episodes already. Jesus. We've been. I think I have been keeping track poorly, but I have been keeping track. Yeah. It, it helps that we um had those. I'm sure the interview episodes have also added to that, so it's not strictly oh, this chapters without, we've gone through. This is without interview episodes. Interview episodes yeah. are their own separate thing. Oh. What the hell? I yeah. feel like it feels like we haven't been doing this as long as we have, but we really have been doing this for a while, huh? We have. We have been doing Ultimate Despair Reprise, a Danganronpa recap podcast going through the entire Danganronpa series, one murder at a time. I am your ultimate host, Kyrie. I am the ultimate fangirl, uh, Jennifer. And I am the uh, ultimate athlete, Jackie. I was. I remember last session I said something about doing an exorcism, um, and then I got my definitions wrong, and I just fucked that up real bad, so now I'm swole. <laughs> there's, some, there's some definite... Listen, there, there are way worse things that could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Especially... I, I get ex- exercise, like, exorcism and exercise mixed up constantly i never know how to spell oh, them right yeah. even yeah, when no, i try to always, spell them right <laughs> you're always you go when you go to the gym you're always bringing that that sanctified hold that holy water and that salt to just repel yep. those demons mm-hmm. i just keep doing that fuck up um yep make the circle I, yeah no i make the circle and i'm like oh fuck this is a treadmill not a demon at all um <laughs> treadmills can I, be their own type of demons let's be real and then I go to work out, and I end up getting possessed because I'm, I'm like showing up to showing up to the this this girl whose heads rotates like 360 degrees. I'm showing up to her house in you know t-shirt and short shorts, and I'm like, oh fuck, I'm just ill-equipped for this. What? I don't know why you would. I don't know why you would bring me here. Um, but speaking anyway. about last episode, um, so I kept bringing up like, oh, you know, Kuzurio would be a fun protagonist because he's he's mean and. Uh, People should be less afraid of making their protagonists kind of a dick bag. And then I watched Dragon's Dogma on Netflix, and I fully rescind every comment I've ever made regarding that. Please do not make make your protagonists nice. Make your protagonists literally anything, any any like everybody. Please watch Dragon's Dogma Netflix to learn what how not to write uh, a series. Because wow, God. Imagine taking an already pretty bare bones work and just discarding all the interesting aspects in favor of Christianity. That is, that is Dragon's Dogma. Is that, yeah, that sounds rough. Yeah, to me, it, you can make your character an asshole. They just have to be an entertaining or interesting asshole. You can't, vi- and you also can't vindicate them like at the end of every episode. Yeah, like you know, using. I think on Twitter you mentioned the Castlevania Netflix series and Trevor is a bit of an asshole, but people call him an asshole in that series and it works there. Well, <laughs> well, um, in, in season one, anyway, it, oh, yeah, no, no, it works well in Castlevania, but the reason I bring it up is because dragon's dogma Netflix really badly wants to be Castlevania. Like it really, really badly wants to be, like, God, I, you know, I, I'm not. Even, we're not gonna keep. I'm not gonna keep going on in on this because I. It's just. It's very cringe and lame, um, and fail, extremely unepic. Um, but 
Tell you what is un- not cringe. This, yeah, chapter. No, this chapter has been pretty good. Yeah, let's segue away from Dragon's Dogma and into something that I enjoy talking about. And I'm just going to tell you, if you keep dangling that rampa in front of me, I'm going to act up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, in this episode, we covered the remainder of the trial of Chapter 2 of Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. And what a chapter it was. This is honestly, like, revisiting it is probably one of my favorite chapters so far. Like, definitely within, like, the top three. Because there's just so much that happens here that is just so fun and interesting and really well done. Yeah, this chapter whipped. Uh, well, it's just, it was a slow start. I think the daily life part was, was like, very slow. Um up yeah. until it started like st- until until it stuck the landing a little bit on that it's a little shaky and then overall like by the end of this chapter though i was pretty thrilled with what we were getting um but also because i was i'm extremely weak to the genre affectations that we took this chapter like it really went for that kind of you know um those yakuza those like kind of yakuza movie tropes which i am a sucker for that shit kills me every single time um well, yeah, we should talk about, like, so I think before we get to that, we should definitely talk about Pecco's Gambit, which um, works really well in this chapter, I think, because so early on, like during this chapter, they get you to think like, oh, it's another serial killer case, like in the last game. And I Mon- I feel, I actually feel like that's that's not at all like it it's it doesn't like that's not at all meant to convince you because it's an extremely unconvincing like push. Yeah. I think the thing that it's kind of meant to do is like it, not really throw a red herring on it, but it's meant to kind of lead up to I think which was the actual interesting aspect, which was Pekko denying her own humanity mm-hmm. and kind of doing anything but confronting the fact that like you know, she's just a dumb, she's a dumb girl in love with her childhood friend. And she doesn't want to acknowledge that. And she wants to be a tool and she wants to, you know, put on these, this air of like, you know, she wants to put on this air of only being useful to like, yeah. Like, yeah, she, she wants, yeah. She wants to be a tool for Fuyuhiko, but it doesn't stop her from like having feelings for Fuyuhiko. Like, well, it's very clear. I don't even think she wants to be a tool for him. I think she just wants to do... She wants to make him happy. Right. Which is, like, the way that, like, she interprets that is, like, oh, I'm going to be a tool for him. Of course. Like, I was raised alongside him. He's more important than me. I'm just going to protect him with my life and do whatever he wants. And, like, she ends up enabling his worst tendencies. And I think that's kind of... I think that that was way more complex, like, of, like, an emotional landscape than I was expecting Danganronpa to go anywhere near. Um, right. Because, I mean, the first game... I mean, Danganronpa really kind of is squarely in schlock territory. Like, it's very it's very um, bombastic and silly and, you know, campy and doesn't really, like... Hold on, you're saying Danganronpa's a little silly? Yeah. Who'd have fucking thought that the game where, where that gave a baby a sword would be silly? I, have <laughs> I love um, that picture so much. It is fantastic. Um, you still need to post. You still need to post that joke that I put in the Discord from the Despair Cast official Twitter account. I'm putting this in the podcast proper so that you can't escape. 
okay fine you you will give me you will give me the keys to the mansion (laughs) (laughs) give them to me um give me your phone give me your keys give me the despair cast account um but yeah so it's like it's good it's a good fucking this is a good fucking trial it's a good fucking chapter i like how i again i really like how straightforward it was where like it's very much it is very much Pecco the chapter. It's very much an ode to Pecco herself as like a character archetype, and mm-hmm. as a character in her own right. I thought that that was very nice and uh, not very nice, but like it was a very cool chapter in that regard. Like it was, it's you know very fitting. Um, I pointed out that uh, you know she the the at the point where they're trying to argue whether Pecco is a tool or a human. Which is like, I thought that it was very funny that she was trying to rules lawyer out of, um, you know, the whole mur- the the murder thing, like get Fuyukiko off the island by by virtue of like arguing, arguing that she is like not semiotics. A... I think would be the word. It's like se- it's semantics, but worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was trying to argue that she has no will of her own, and that it was Fuyuhiko's will to murder Mahiro. Therefore. Like, it's kind of like therefore the, it don't count. Therefore, therefore oh, you count. voted for me, but you can't. But like, that's like voting for my sword. So you, I, you, you're wrong, guys. You fucked up. <laughs> There's a lot of fun technicality play here, like uh, Komaeda going over to Madokum and being like, "So could you clarify exactly how many people need to see the body and whether the killer counts for that stuff?" And Madokum is just like. I set this up so that it would be a fair trial. I didn't expect you to use this stuff against me. This sucks. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe you would use the rules that I set up to make this a fair trial to make this into a fair trial. That's horseshit, Komaeda. <laughs> <laughs> How dare... I love that. He... Monokuma gets rules lawyered not once, but twice in this trial, and I thought that was pretty funny. Like, yeah. Monomi fucking rules lawyers him into doing his job and like making sure Fuyuhiko doesn't get fucking pwned to death. Right. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah, because Fuyuhiko, right at the end, when uh, Pekka Pekka was being uh, executed, tried to dive in to stop it. And he, of course, gets owned, ridiculously owned. <laughs> yeah, my man loses an eye to that and probably gets stabbed a couple times. It was actually, that was actually a surprisingly poignant, like, scene. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Where did this? When when did this game get emotionally intelligent on us? Yeah, I, I think the way that it works with um, first it throws you completely off balance with uh, um, Sonia popping up after class dismissed to be like, "Hey, so can we just hold on a minute? Because what the fuck is happening?" And uh, I kind I thought that, that was really good format play too. Like I there wasn't. I adore that. Like that moment is seared into my memory of just like. The first time I played this game was like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing. And then Sonya popping up saying, wait just a minute. Like, it works really, really well. And then the trial, like, basically continues after she goes, wait a minute, can we please discuss this? And I love that. Like, like I said, it's format play. I like that the fact that, like, the reason Pekko had to to do some last minute self-actualization and, like, confront the fact that, you know, Fuyuhiko never saw her as a tool and that 
she was just kind of taking the easy road the easy way out and you know being and shoving her emotions down instead of you know being a person and being around the people that care about her and blah 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 uh i do like that that all hinged on her not being able to speak spanish (laughs) (laughs) i do like how it's kind of like okay you know well, the real murderer is, is well, the real serial killer spoke is is from Spain. It was a translated interview. Can you do the? Can you do? Can, can you, you do s- Kira Kira Justice's catchphrase in Spanish, Peco? Because we will believe you if you can do that. And she's just sitting there like, oh, fuck, I'm a sword. I don't. I, I don't know. I I don't know, like, dude. My ruse has been discovered. <laughs> but she's okay with that. She's like. Oh, like it fall it fell apart at just the right time with a, like a certain amount of fridge logic, and it was like, well, you've already voted. <laughs> yeah, well, but then there's that great bit at the end where both Fuyuhiko I mean, and to, die to, to begin with. So uh, Jen was saying something. Oh, oh yeah, I was just, I was just saying that there's a great moment near the end where I, I feel like the thing that really makes this effective is both Fuyuhiko and Pekka re- realizing at the same time oh shit, we were going about this all wrong and we didn't under- understand each other properly. And they're both two of the more, like, two of the characters you would not expect to cry are basically in tears, not running down their face as they confront what is the re- what the reality is. And immediately after that, you have the execution where for at least a good minute, you think that both of them are dead. It's like this intense emotional whiplash going on yeah i i really think that it didn't really hit me that hard as far i mean as far as like the emotional impact of it so much as it was like i thought it was i thought it was an interesting route to take for them mm-hmm. um that i mean the like the teary realized like the teary realization that they vote that it's like oh you do actually care about me as a person on you know from both sides was very um was very nice um and i thought it was actually kind of it was it was i was a big fan of how um you know at peko like usually stoic just they oh god that sprite they gave her was oof she's seen better days yeah (laughs) but that's like i mean that's of course like it's extremely over it's extremely melodramatic it's extremely like you know out there it is exactly like an old it's exactly like you know what it's going for emotionally. I'm a big fan of it. Um, that and like the actual execution scene itself was not half bad. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Like I really like their animation budget, like clearly went up uh, for this game and they used it. It, it feels like weirdly somber given that like the last execution scene was, you know, the last execution scene involved a man being like not tarred and feathered, but battered up and thrown into a volcano. Yeah, I mean they yeah they deep fried him in a volcano. <laughs> Do you think they just had the volcano on the ready full of oil to deep fry Terra Terra in? Because that is that is that is like that is a lot of oil. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Pekko's execution is giving her a sword and making her fight until she's too weak and bruised to actually put up a put up a defense. See, I thought the reason that she died was because, like, almost exclusively because Fuyuhiko marched in there. Like, theoretically, oh, yeah. I think she could just keep going, which I think was that, like, I thought that that was like a kind of, 
I thought that that was kind of, if not like the explicit, like if not the implication of the scene's physicality, like the emotional aspect of the scene is that like if not for Fuyuhiko, she could just be slugging away at these robots till the end of time. <laughs> I mean, she is ultimately the ultimate swordsman. She is the ultimate swordswoman for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm bummed out that she's gone though. This is gonna suck without her. Hopefully, Fuyuhiko, you know, is cool now. Maybe he'll get a cool eye patch. Um, maybe he'll end up looking like uh, fucking punished snake. <laughs> I thought you were gonna maybe say we'll... Majima for a second, but sure. Maybe he'll end up looking like Majima. Actually, you know what? I think he could pull that that goofy ass snakeskin jacket i think that would be i think i i think that would be a good look i think maybe we'll get a good look on him i'm imagining him with uh with the snakeskin jacket and basically a peach fuzz beard because <laughs> he's definitely he someone who any... doesn't grow a beard <laughs> oh yeah no he'd, he'd have some the patchiest fucking like lame beard ever to be a patchy fucking lame beard this this poor boy um perpetually baby-faced perpetually baby faced he'd look i feel like if if Fuyuhiko tried to go grow a beard it would somehow make him look like even it would make him look like It'd like an even like, younger child than he is already like a child that got into like some fucking crayons and and drew it like a, drew, yeah, drew, uh, yeah yeah drew it on his face <laughs> boss baby on murder island Ah, oh, fuck. That's a great chapter title. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. My, my reigning champion of naming of naming episodes is kind of coming to an end, huh? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, About the... So, the, we got introduced to a new minigame. Mm-hmm. It was... I was way, way less painful than I was expecting. It was way more painless than I was expecting. Way less yeah. painful, way more painless. Same difference. Um, it involves you doing some cyber snowboarding. Yeah, Um, the logic dive. The logic dive. Now... Yes? It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot to take in, but I do like that this is mentally what happens every time Hajime Hinata has to have a thought. He has to play one of these stupid minigames to be like... To have like Boobam a pro- swords back. <laughs> <laughs> that's my name. That's by the way. That's my name now. I'm legally changing it to Boobam Swords Bag. Yeah, I do like that. After um, uh, uh, after Hajime makes the observation that like the killer was like still in the beach house, uh, Hyoko was like, "It took you that long to say something that obvious," <laughs> or something like that. It's like. It's like, oh, are these logic dives happening in real time? Is Hajime just standing there on the stand, just, like, focusingly, intently, and everybody's just like, oh, I don't know, I guess we're just gonna let him do his thing. Sherlock has his mind palace, uh, Hajime plays 1080 snowboarding in his head before coming to a decision. Is he pantomiming riding a snowboard? Is he, what, is he making the sound effects with his mouth? What the fuck? Whoosh. (laughs) He goes, like, yeah, got so it. Hajime does pantomime doing all of these things, by the way. Like when he's making a particularly emphatic point, he pantomimes swinging a sword at you. It's the it's incredibly cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I think Pekko watches this happen in real time and she's just like, this is the worst thing I've ever experienced. Bar none. I get to watch this guy with his fucked up sword form. I get to watch him like pantomime swinging a sword at me. 
and he's gonna kill me. I'm gonna die from this, aren't I? <laughs> if she did, if she wasn't such a simp for Fuyuhiko, and let let me be real with you, she is absolutely a simp for Fuyuhiko. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like by definition. If you look up simp in the dictionary, you may not find her face because Danganronpa is not as ubiquitous a franchise as it perhaps could be. Uh-huh. Uh, but you will see a definition that matches up near 100% with... Uh... Is simp even in the dictionary? It's in a dictionary. I'm pretty uh, sure it is then. Okay. <laughs> it's... Uh, the the politics of simping are beyond me. <laughs> oh, that's a good, another good episode title name. Politics of simping. That's a fucking good one. Oh, man. <laughs> We're hitting out of the... We are hitting it out of the park in this chapter. <laughs> um... <laughs> I okay, so I do really like her uh fi- her her voice getting very serious mm-hmm. when um when she when she speaks when she dons the sparkling justice mask and then but like simultaneously she's speaking very seriously but like the text boxes for like what she's actually saying is like showing all these like emoticons. Yeah, I kind of I kind of want to see if by playing this game in the original Japanese, if they have the same like emoticons in the Japanese text. I'm or reasonably not. sure they do. I'm reasonably sure they do. Um, yeah, there is something um, I might very. Have to... There is something very funny about like, uh, like playing this, playing through this case, and that moment happens. She's basically doing her Sailor Moon voice because it's the same voice actress. Wait, is, is that... Wait, the woman who voices Pekko is the same one who voices Sailor Moon in Japanese. Really? Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, it's been a while since we did the first episode where we revealed that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like she's basically doing a a hero voice for a while, but it's all part of the ruse. And then she gets very serious and it's very good. The Japanese voice acting, as per usual, is excellent in this game. Yeah, which makes it even funnier because it does some mismatches with the localization sometimes. Like, uh, the whole thing like, oh, you were saying the phrase in English, even though everyone on this cast is Japanese, basically. Except for maybe Sonya. Well, Sonya is definitely not japanese yeah <laughs> there's that great part where she's like this is just like japanese ninjas and kasuichi has to chime in being like uh uh-huh, sonia uh ninjas are all japanese you could just say ninjas well i mean there was that one guy from g gundam yeah <laughs> come on you can't forget him can't forget He's... schwartz bruder <laughs> let me let me tell you folks the legend of schwartz bruder let me let me tell you about schwartz bruder um God, I hope I said his name right. Um, uh, well, it's what have I said? What if, it, so what, if both wrong. what if every what if every country is ninjas and like Japanese ninjas are just especially bad because they're the only ones that are known and people know about. So like, like you don't know you don't know about Italian ninjas. They, Italy could have the best ninjas in the world. It's because you don't know what. Yeah, you wouldn't even know their their existence is a secret. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> If 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 I if you if if you if you if they find my dead body with this very spicy meatball in my mouth, let them know. <laughs> let the let 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 the people know that it's because I got too close to the truth. Um, exactly. Of very spicy meatballs. Um, it's in my notes. 
um the kayfabe crack when she when Pekoyama like while doing the villain cackling shit with the fucking mask on references throwing away everything important for her purpose uh-huh. you know and then just kind of being and then kind of like awkwardly like going back into the villa lab was, yeah was fantastic it got a little too real for her <laughs> <laughs> got a little too real she was <laughs> it's really good like just uh like Peko throughout this entire case is like this is some of the best like character work the game has done so far. Yeah, it this definitely was some fantastic character work. Um I also like no and also like Fuyuhiko is no slouch. Like Yeah, Fuyuhiko definitely pulled it up this episode. It was very good. Yeah, like more of like I liked how when he went on the defense like his anger like his anger is really effective and um like how he gets on the defensive for Peko and it telegraphs pretty obviously that like how he basically feels like just through how he how hyped up he's getting or not hyped up that's the word I'm looking for how emotionally invested he's getting in the case yeah like, even when she's doing the whole sparkling justice thing, Fuyuhiko every once in a while chimes in, chimes in the corner and is like, please stop this. And it, it's clearly hurting him so much to see her pull this act. See, I thought he was just saying that because it was cringe. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell you, you know, I, a common thing I say is kill the teen in your head that calls everything you do cringe. Uh, and Fuyuhiko is the teen in your head that calls everything you do cringe. <laughs> Hello everyone, it's me, Kyrie. Thank you so much for listening to Ultimate Despair Reprise. Hey, let's get on to the shoutouts, shall we? First of all, this is a show on the Scanline Media Network. Go to scanlinemedia.com for more great podcasts. We have shows like Mechanista and G, Bottle Crow Reborn, and Neutral Game, plus so many other shows that are for free. And if you want to support us directly, go to patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. And for only $1 a month, you get access to Oops All Anime, where we have over 130 episodes covering all sorts of anime. We recently covered Hunter Hunter, and we had some thoughts on Hunter Hunter. So if you want to hear us talk about that, head on over to uh, patreon.com slash scanlinemedia or scanlinemedia.com for more information. And thank you to Vetrom for the use of their music in the episode. Go to youtube.com slash vtmprojects. They have covers from Legend of Zelda, Pokemon, and Splatoon, along with original music. Give their stuff a listen. Again, you can find them on youtube.com slash vtmprojects. Lastly, thank you for listening to the show. I'm going to keep it simple here. We thank you for your support. Thank you for liking the show. Thank you for following us on Twitter. Thank you for just liking the stupid tweets that we put out. That is always great. Um, We have fun. And we really appreciate you listening in every time. It's been great. Anyway, that's all from me. Your homework next episode is to complete the daily life section of Chapter 3 of Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. Till next time, catch you later. Danganronpa. God.
what a good what a good end to the what a good Janelle Mouth uh this this chapter has had though. Like this was probably the best overall the best trial and chapter that we've had so far. Yeah. Um also partially because there were no like insanely bad minigames too. Like I think the I think what we had so far was like, we had logic dive, and we had a hangman's gambit. We had a hangman. Ga- we had a hangman's gambit, which got a little rough, but it wasn't like that terrible. It happened at the very end, so by that point, if you haven't been like fucking up on everything, and there really wasn't too much to fuck up on, like you'd have enough time to like kind of get screwed a little by it, and then just be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, hangman's gambit was not terrible. I, I, it's really just. Yeah, I didn't have that hard of a time with it. Again, I'm playing on mouse and keyboard, and. Playing on mouse makes it a lot easier, I think, to deal with. Oh, yeah, with. no, the mouse makes it so much fucking easier, dog. I can't imagine playing this on console. Well, Jen, you were using a controller, like, when you were playing, so... Oh, no, Jen, what were you doing? Yeah, I I was using my 8 controller since I played this... I played these games on Vita, PS4, PC. I played them all over places, so... It was... I'm a little bit better at uh, handling some of the minigame bullshit. Uh, it did take me a moment, though, to realize what the controls were for uh, Logic Dive, because they're a little bit wonky on controller. They're a little <clears throat> wonky, just in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also feel like uh, Komaeda came into his own a little bit more during this bit. Like, I think he's a lot... I think he's a lot more entertaining kind of in the background occasionally chiming in for some with something that no one else was really thinking of and people are kind of taken aback like oh okay you're kind of useful sometimes but then he doubles down with something that is like thoughtless thoughtlessly cruel and immediately gets on everyone's bad side again yeah yeah uh that was really good um Again, more characters telling Komaeda to shut up is uh, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, Komaeda is kind of a clown asshole, but like I feel like once he's acknowledged as kind of just being a clown asshole, like when, like I, this is in part of why this chat this this part was so good was because like Komaeda really was just acknowledged as being a bit of a clown asshole, not like not like the super fucked up Joker man, but also not like super ignored entirely. Mm-hmm. He got he had his moment to shine, and then he was quickly shoot out of the limelight. Uh, and Shitman got like two lock. Shitman got like one line this t- this t- this trial. I think since he got... he, uh, <laughs> since his last line, he got a, he got a really tiny interlude about how you wouldn't be able to flush a swimsuit down the toilet. Yeah, uh, that does have is like that uh, panic time panic. God, like panic time action. What's it called? Mass panic debate. Something like that. I used to know these things, and now I don't know it's them fine. anymore. It doesn't matter. It, like whenever they're all talking, <laughs> the part <laughs> where everybody, or the part where everybody talks over each other, exactly. the podcast part, exactly. <laughs> it has. It contains my favorite part and my least favorite part. My favorite part when Ibuki goes, they just flush it down the toilet, and just the word "flush" goes spinning off in the distance. That's and what then, should happen to Mikan every time she slips. <laughs> I'm just saying it'd be very funny if she just vanished into orbit. <laughs> yeah, that would be a much funnier joke. Let's yeah. see what else we got in the thing. So usually I think like I, I would be like 
if you told me that like Pekka would die and it would serve as a big motivation for Fuyuhiko, I probably would have dropped the game. <laughs> um, if you told me yeah. that in the first chapter, I definitely would have dropped the game. But um, yeah, on the this surface, this actually was is... done very gracefully. Like this was done very gracefully. I'm kind of a little. I'm I gonna be a little bitter about it because like every, I don't like when my char- favorite characters die. But like I feel like this is probably the best possible way for Pekko to have died. Mm-hmm. Like I can't really think of a way that she would have gone down. Like I can't really think of a, a satisfying way to have had her get killed off. And she's also a rather limited character. So yeah. like, like, like I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of can't see her making it to the end because like, what does she offer to the cast? Uh, she kind of is just like at orbit. She's kind of a Fuyuhiko orbiter. Again, she simps for Fuyuhiko. And Fuyuhiko's not really like needed to be folded into the cast anyway. So this is kind of a great, this is kind of a, uh, I hesitate to say graceful, but this is a way, this is a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, like this is how it would probably just best be done. I can't imagine a more graceful way to do it. Also, Pekoyama could never possibly be a victim because again, she's the ultimate swordswoman. Like she would, she would kill anybody who tries she, to yeah, kill she her. Yeah, has a sword on her. She has a literal actual sword on her, and she literally says at one point, "Oh, I don't need a steel sword. I can cut things just fine with my uh, shinai." And well, I mean, I guess she does. I do like that we never actually see her use the sword, though. Yeah, she uses the metal bat. <laughs> For all we know, that she's just all talk. Yeah. Speaking of her using the metal bat, there was a detail that I really liked um, in this chapter. Was original like at one point there's a cut in scene that shows the moment in which um, my hero has been killed, and it's a picture of Fuyuhiko and uh, Pekko. And the first time you see that picture, you see Fuyuhiko as a like having like a sort of excitable face, like he's like as if he's planned this or something like that. But the second time that they show that image, they have Fuyuhiko a wearing a more worried face, which was sound which to me like communicated that like oh we're getting a much more clear picture as to what happened. We're getting more than just Pekko's account. Which you know, she, no, yeah, this is this was this is actually a very good part. Yeah, like it was, you know, Pekka's account, of course, was basically saying was basically trying to nudge uh, Fuyuhiko into saying like, yeah, I ordered her to do it when he really didn't. He was just yeah. This was kind of a um, God. What was what what's the who was the guy who did uh, like Fargo and those other like because this is kind of a this is a kind of a like the gun accidentally going off except. You know, Pekoyama was the gun. Right. I mean, like the uh, Coen brothers? Yeah, Coen brothers. I fucking forgot that. Can't believe... It was a very kind of Coen brothers-esque scene, I think, where it was like, which kind of bizarre saying that, and then it, but whatever. It, it's kind of felt kind of like a Coen brothers scene, because like the reveal that like Fuyuhiko was pro- like kind of just lost his temper and was like kind of made, just said something that like Pekoyama escalated because she because she expected that that's you know what Fuyuhiko would have wanted her to do right she and that just... ended with go ahead and that ended literally with just like one shot my hero is one and done and then like now they're left to handle the fallout and they both have two completely different priorities for handling it exactly and they both are trying to 
like I said, handle it in their own way. And like, it's an extremely messy situation that like cropped up and Pecco being like a little bit more prepared. She obviously like, she thought like shit was going to go down. So she was ready for it. But even then she still had things that she needed to do to like change the story. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like Pecco, Pecco kind of was, like ready for anything because that's kind of her job or her mm-hmm. self-imposed job more or less and Fuyuhiko kind of was not like Fuyuhiko's goal here was like you know after the like Fuyuhiko was ready to take responsibility like he was he was like you know his his I mean I think we I touched down on earlier but like Peko and Fuyuhiko like she is in it she enables him like mm-hmm. her deal is that like you know she doesn't really know how to approach her relationship with Fuyuhiko and kind of really struggles with that. And she chose very, very poorly uh, as we meet her in the, the game proper. Like she, she has chosen very poorly in, in how to handle her um, hangups with Fuyuhiko and her and their, and the relationship between the two of them and how she um, processes like his wants and needs. And so she asks, she of course enables him. She, she, um, she escalates, you know, she escalates when he when he kind of doesn't want her to. Um, and in doing so, you know, somebody died who Fuyuhiko had no intent of killing Mahiro. Maybe he kind of was like kind of sort of, you know, wanted to maybe he like, you know, kind of sort of wanted something to happen. But he wasn't like directly intentionally like I am. We are going to go. We are going to invite Mahiro to this house and kill her. It was more just we're gonna see what happened. We're gonna we're gonna confront her. We're gonna see what was up. We're gonna get. We're gonna prove this shit. And if need be, if need be, if shit goes down, you have a you are you know the violent. Right, and I think it was one of those things where he uses like it's him using the threat of violence, but not being able to actually carry through with it. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's. It was just, it's one of those things that he has been raised to say and want to do violent things, but at the end of the day, when it, like, he can't or won't or some combination of yeah. both. Yeah, he goes, uh, he's a Yakuza guy. Exactly. I mean, he's, he's a lot of, he has a lot of, like, a lot of that is predicated, a lot of how the Yakuza operates is predicated on threats. Threats exactly. made without really any intent to follow through. But threats nonetheless. Like maybe don't fuck with this maybe don't fuck with this construction site because we will um we can if we really want to, we can break your shins and you know or throw you in a barrel, fill it with cement and dump it in the harbor. We could do that if we really wanted to. But it'd be a pain in the ass for us. So right. maybe don't like maybe maybe don't fuck with us. Don't test us. Mm-hmm. Don't, yeah, and th- and that's kind of like the sort of environment that like Fuyuhiko has picked up his way of interacting with people from, um, and as a consequence, he does those sorts of things with Peko as his enforcer, but like he's also like not, you know, he doesn't he doesn't mean it when he says those things in the same way that like maybe a more um, a more entrenched Yakuza dude would, right. Jen, what do you think? Yeah, I also thought it was kind of interesting that 
they do add in like they when they acknowledge that the video game was reality they do acknowledge that it it looks like uh Fuyuhiko definitely killed someone like within that specific uh game too but it it's not something they really dwell on because it feels like they're treating this island situation as a fresh slate for all these characters so it's just something that's in his past that he doesn't even like, he doesn't remember any of it, so he can't even reconcile properly with the idea that maybe he actually ended up killing someone. And it's kind of messing him up because he also doesn't want to believe that uh, these this group of girls were responsible for his sister's death either. Yeah, it's one of those things where he, like, he mentions that, like, he can't remember it and that... And that's eating away at him because he's like, I can't even remember if my own sister is dead. And that's, he's like, that, that fucks with you. No wonder he, like, no, like, ah, I was trying to find words. I was trying to dig for them and I was digging a hole and I didn't find anything. But I found this neat little rubber ducky. So... Not a total loss. I mean, rubber duckies are pretty good find. Uh-huh. You know what's a really bad find? What's a bad find? Photographs of your dead sister. Sorry yeah. for you, Hiko. Yeah, sorry for you, Hiko. Indeed, but that's that, pretty rough. I mean, yeah, no, my man had bad time, but really is the status of Oliak as a boy. Um, I think the... um. The big deal. I think the deal with with um, Fuyuhiko's sister is interesting because, like that, that is definite proof that there is like that these people all have a past together that they cannot fucking remember. Right. Uh, for them, rather not necessarily for us. We, we, we. I mean, I'm still, I'm still holding firm to unreality theory that none of this is real. Some of these people might not even be real. Who knows? This could just be an elaborate play for Hajime Hinata. He's gonna wake up. And he's going to be like, oh, fuck, I was in a coma this whole time. Everybody's fake. <laughs> it's like that image meme that gets sent out like, oh, you were asleep the whole time. What? 2020? It's 1999. Turn on your Game Boy. We're about to play Pokemon. What? Yeah. A murder island filled with a dead with a bear that wants to, everybody to kill each other? What are you talking about, dude? Shut up, <laughs> up Fuyuhiko. It's 1980. Kazuma Kiryu just committed a murder and he's going to jail for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this overall, this like case in this chapter was really, 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 really good. Like, the, there's a reason why I think it stands out, I think. Like you said, it has a kind of a rough beginning with the daily life, but once it gets going, it really gets going. Yeah, we also got to see Peko in a swimsuit, so I'm always Happy down for that. Yeah. <laughs> always down for that. Uh, but yeah, no, this was this was a good. Yeah, this was a very good. Um, this was a good ass chapter. Like I have, I had my doubts about Diane Rampa too. Uh, oh, I had my fucking, I had some big fucking doubts about the some first capital. Chapter. Let me be real. Capital, capital D. 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 <laughs> capital d doubts my d is always capital um <laughs> but yeah no it's it's very like this is kind of redeemed the first chapter um 
I can't even say that I wish this was the first chapter because I feel like Echo and Fuyiko being able to know them better made this like as good as it was. Right. Yeah, you um, have to spend you have to spend some time with the two characters before like for the, you know, emotional part of it to actually work. Yeah, like it's I think that's the thing is that like as much as I hated chapter 1, I feel like maybe if chapter 1 was a more milk toast murder, then maybe this sort of stuff would be like would would maybe the game would be overall better in my eyes. Either way, this was a good chapter. Um I think the thought of Pekoyama very stoically uh sliding into this fucking surfboard bag and just sitting there for like 20 minutes until Yoko wakes up is incredibly fucking funny to me. <laughs> it's really Do you think she was just thinking like oh this is my life now? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> it's like my it's like her life flashing before her eyes in this stupid swims like this stupid surfboard bag. Yeah, just really sitting there, just experiencing ego death. You know how Hiyoko last episode experienced ego death in on the stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pekko already experienced ego death in the surfboard bag. Uh, I love to. See- oh shit! You know what? what I'm really glad for though. What? I'm glad that we've established that Hiyoko has come out of the closet. Absolute gay icon. <laughs> Good for her. She's a, lesb- she's a lesbian and she's insanely fucking mean. <laughs> good for her yeah yeah Hiyoko, he like i i'm actually finding myself kind of warming to hyoko i hope that like i hope that her kind of being cringe and fail is like a thing that is not just like relegated to this chapter and is kind of just like becomes her dominant like kind of becomes like her thing for the rest of the game like where it's not necessarily that she's mean she's just kind of immature Right. Yeah, and you I think like I far as I can recall it kind of is like that. Yeah, okay, that's good then. Yeah. Uh, like I like like you I'm warming I warmed up to like Hyoko and she's just a mean lesbian who likes her gummies. Yeah. Just an insufferable gay fail child. Mhm. Um on that note, um, someone just needs to get this kid like a t-shirt and some shorts. I it's fucking sitting on an island in a in a full blown yukata. Can't, can't even fucking do the sash on that. What is what is she thinking? Um, <laughs> really should have thought out her uniform a little bit better. Yeah, you should have thought out your uniform before you got abducted and dropped on a desert island. You stupid idiot, clown child, <laughs> fucking moron! I can't believe you. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive that the that the general store there must have some sort of shorts and t-shirt combination since they had swimsuits. It definitely has fucking clothes. It definitely has clothes. If you it has, if it has like, if it has like knives, it has combat gear. If it has fucking like night vision goggles, there's probably you know a t-shirt that says, "Don't hassle me, I'm a local." Even if it, uh, I I would love. It would be insanely funny to see Hiyoko in this the fucking worst tackiest t-shirts in that like just the awful tours. That's your new that's that's your homework, by the way, everybody. If you are listening to this podcast and you have art skills, draw Hiyoko in the most cringe outfit imaginable. Draw Hiyoko in a big dog shirt. Big dog shirt, 
just were like fucking don't hassle me i'm a local go hassle me i'm a local or like just the worst tourist shirts you can find for Jabba shrimpin Rock ain't easy shrimpin is not easy um just the worst shit um <laughs> fucking socks with crocs just go the whole nine yards <laughs> Have her dress like a suburbanite dad or don't fucking break your dad. <laughs> um, oh boy. That'd be great. Uh yeah, no, that's that that's why I'm telling people to do it. I I, I might have to do it myself if nobody else does. Um oh. I thought that the gummy being a clue was kind of shaky. We saw how messy it was in the back. But right. like I I think that like I think that that I think that like that would have been perfect it would have been a perfectly fine um like sequence if they didn't reference the gummy again if it was just a one and done and be like okay yeah that was there it was meant to be like it was meant to implicate Hyoko but you know she doesn't eat that sort of gummy so you already fucked up right um and then revisiting that to be like oh well you know the, the killer put the gummy there intentionally or whatever they could have i don't really know what i'm saying at this point i was just gonna say like i, I was trying to like point out that it gets brought up again and i don't and i didn't really feel it like it was really, a necessary point to make yeah like when there are other more poignant points to make yeah it felt like a bit of a digression um but speaking of digressions uh, there mm-hmm. really weren't very many in this trial it was it was very straightforward and i thought that was very that was very fitting it was a very short trial too like it felt like once we got back we were pretty much we went from like um from like you know the the start the start the return from the intermission to uh Bouban Bagsword pretty much immediately yeah it's pretty quick but it still like it it has some really good pacing to it like you're not caught meandering around like the interesting parts of the case yeah like, no Danganronpa is definitely at its strongest when it's when it's not meandering you know when it when it takes it when it doesn't take its time or and it just goes right for the throat on what it's doing um and that's kind of why Peko's whole deal is really good because I feel like thematically like if you're doing a trial for Peko Peko Yama infamous straightforward person like just dead ass having the trial be as straightforward as it was was good yeah no it's really good jen any thoughts on this chapter yeah i feel like i feel like us taking a break during the intermission um made us a little bit uh forgetful about the first half being i feel like the first half of the trial took like several hours and it was a bit long but uh overall i feel like both of them um coalesce well together and uh yeah this is basically this is one of, if not my favorite, uh, trial in the whole series. Like, I feel like this second game has a lot of really strong ones, but uh, this one is definitely one of my favorites. Just the sheer emotion from everyone in terms of there's this bad thing in our past that we need to confront, and it gets messy the way that teenagers arguing about something important to them gets, and heated mistakes are made and the way that it all kind of spools out into this regretful situation is really engaging. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. It's like 
like much like the like you said earlier it's kind of like this game had a shaky beginning but i think it's leading to something really well something really good and this case is like evidence of that like this case by itself is like worth playing like if you don't play any danganronpa at all if you can somehow only play one case this might be one of those cases yeah Yeah. So, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. I'm like, I was pretty stunned, um, just overall by this by this trial. Like, this is not. Um, this was like. This was yeah no this was like probably the best trial so far. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting the sparkling like. I take back what I said about like the, the the dumb magical girl mask shit. Like the sparkling justice bit was actually really fucking good. Like I was not expecting that to be like a meaningful like plot point or like not meaningful plot point, but a me- a plot point that would pay off in a way that was thematically meaningful. But like literally having Pecco don a mask is like you know, and having the her taking off the mask be quite literally her taking off the mask. Yeah. Like, that it's was a, that was very nice. Yeah, like it's simple. Like there's a reason why the trope exists. Yeah. It was I mean it was a little straight like I felt like at points it was a little um it, it was a little bit much like it laid it on a little thick like it, earlier on but like once once it gets going it really does get going. And I feel like that's kind of Danganronpa as a whole like once things kind of start once it gets you on board, you're kind of on board there. I'm kind of glad that we're doing this podcast because I definitely would have definitely would have dropped this game after the first trial and not would have gotten the chance to have fun with this one. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed yourself because um, I like I distinctly remember this case, like even though my memory is bad and I, I haven't played these games in a couple of years, I still remember this case and like this case is worth remembering i think yeah and one of the things i love about doing a podcast like this or talking about games with friends is i really like it when moments just click and i get to hear all about what people liked about it so this has been a very satisfying experience all around yeah we have fun here. Yeah, we have fun here in, on Jabberwock Isle. On Jabberwock Isle. Now it's time for one of us to murder one of you. One of you. Yeah, ba 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 ba. Got it. Uh, damn it! I'm, damn I'm it! I'm not the murderer. I'm not the murdery. Wait. wait. Yeah, yeah. It would be murderer and murdery. That's wow. English is fucked language. English is a fucked up language if you really think about it. No wonder nobody speaks it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, any other thoughts before we wrap up? What if... What if Monokuma smoked weed? (laughs) He'd be way more chill. Uh, There's gonna be a sign in the next chapter that I'm really curious to see. I'm really curious to hear Jackie's reaction when she sees it because <laughs> it's it's very much like a, oh it's so stupid yeah it's like oh we're doing this huh <laughs> oh boy I'm this excited here. now 
I'm excited now. I'm gonna get the uh, this sign's gonna kill me in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it's really dumb. But it's really funny. Um but no, I don't really don't have anything else. Uh so I guess that is it. I guess that's the wrap, yeah. Let's that's, uh let's wrap it up. Uh you should follow us at you despaircast on twitter.com. Um, you can send us an email at despaircast at gmail.com. Um, definitely, definitely do that. Send us emails. We love hearing from y'all. Um, your homework, again, is to draw Hyoko in the tackiest, touristy bullshit that you could think of. Uh, but also the regular homework is to play the Daily Life section of Chapter 3 of Rampa 2. Yeah. Um, you can find me at Kyrie Page on Twitter.com. And I'm at JBU3. I am uh, at Chairman Mao. That's like, you know. You'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Let me just. I'm not going to fucking spell my Twitter handle. I'm a grown ass adult. I can do what I want. Yeah, you can just follow me. Or don't I? I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm being huh? real. Twitter, Twitter is Twitter is not Twitter is real. Twitter is fake. Twitter is full of fake ass bitches. Fake website designed by a clown. <laughs> <laughs> and not even one of the better clowns. One of the worst clowns. On a scale from one to ten, the clown who made Twitter would be about a four. Four is generous. Let me tell you. <laughs> four is not generous <laughs> four is a bad number four it it means death four in general is a bad number and I, if you're four years old I will fight you <laughs> uh, you know exactly how many you know exactly how many small children I can take in a fight oh, boy. we covered this <laughs> Toddlers of the world, your shit is fucking done. Alright, gang. Um, I'm anyway, going to sign off. Yeah, I've been Kyrie. I've been Jennifer. I've been a lot of people. I've experienced a lot. I, I know I know many things. Shame among them. Um, I, okay, I've been dragging this episode on. I've been dragging. Let's go, let's go home. Class, dis- class dismissed. Class dismissed.